Hi, this is James Clary from the Clarification Podcast. We really appreciate you sharing and watching our videos. If you feel so inclined, we could really use your help. You know, we spend hours and sometimes days researching these topics. And as much as we love it, we could really use your support. If you're on Spotify, go to our channel and there's a link where you can donate. Or if you're inclined, go to our website, which is clarification, that's C-L-A-R-Y, vacation.com, and there's a one-time donation button for PayPal. We really appreciate your support. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, everybody. It's the Clarification Podcast. I'm your host, James Clary, along with Russell West. How are you, man? Doing well. We're doing a uh, late night. Not it is a late, late night, night for one, us. Yeah. not that late. <laughs> yeah. Boy, it's been Africa hot here in the Ozarks. So. nasty. Woo! Muggy. Gross. Watering twice a day, my little planties. They doing all right? Oh, my God. They love it. <laughs> as long as you give them water... I've got, oh, man, just ears of corn sprouting. It's crazy. In what, pots? Pots. And I read somewhere that you're lucky to get one ear if you grow a stalk of corn in a pot. I've got one ear that's got four sprouts on it. Are they self-pollinating? I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. That's usually how they pollinate is is through group. You have to have a bunch of them together. Well, I have two of them. Okay, so they're probably cross But what's weird is there's a central sprout that, comes up and then there's like three others hmm. and you know i grew these from seeds these are not plant i grew right. them from seeds germinated corn yeah they grow pretty fast dude they're they're five feet tall yeah i mean i don't care if i get an ear corn or not they're just cool plants they are very cool yeah i love them i'd sit with them <laughs> i'm weird about plants man and they tell me when they're thirsty because their leaves fold up oh yeah how yeah. about that isn't that weird? Well, anyway, so talk about weird. Yeah, speaking of weird. We are uh, going to step aside from political, environmental stuff and talk about stuff that's kind of in our wheelhouse. You know, alien abduction is a topic. I mean, it's been written about. There's been films about it, Fire in the Sky, the Travis Walton story. I wanted to talk about that, the topic in general, but I wanted to specifically get in with you, what's the purpose? Because we we did a show a long time ago, and we said we weren't going to argue about the existence of UFOs. Mm-hmm. It's been proven. I mean, the, the freaking DOD, the, the Department of Defense, gave us a video, said, yeah, there's these things out Correct. there. We don't know what they are. Speaking of that, we'd like to talk a little bit about Louis Elizondo and uh, Tom DeLonge. Yeah. Yep. You know, Tom DeLonge started this whole recent, yeah, yeah, it was him and was it Harry Reid that kind of got together and and really pushed this at a, a public level. Well, from what from what I understand, and I heard a, a recent interview with with him, he just he said besides music, which he started uh, Blink One Eighty Two when he was sixteen, he said beside music, I was always interested in the paranormal, specifically UFOs. So he said, when I, I just decided, you know, done enough with the band, so this was my other interest. So he just started, because he's the star, he'd call a congressman, he'd get a meeting, right. and he just, he kept pounding the doors. And guys in government agreed to help him. They said, look, we'll help you, you just can't ever 
tell anybody it was me. So they would send him somewhere else. And, yeah, he did approach Harry Reid, but it was finally when Lou Elizondo left the program that Harry Reid started. And I can't remember the name of the program. But it was a secret government-funded program exploring the aerial phenomenon. But, I mean, to me, the whole thing is kind of bullshit for this reason. We've known about this stuff for 50 years. And they're trying to make it like, oh, it was just Harry Reid and... You know, Louis Alexander, the, you know, Lou Alexander is like, I've set these parameters. These things can go hypersonic. They can do this. They can do that. Dude, people have been reporting this for 50 years. Right. We've, we yeah. played the Truman yeah, clip. Truman. The president of the United States talking about this. Yes. Stuff. Saying, oh, UFOs, we talk about, and we've talked about that on the show numerous times. So this idea, they're obviously, in my opinion, Lou Alexander, uh, Lou Alexander is a, a uh, disinfo agent. Not disinfo. He's a government info agent. They're just preparing the public for disclosure. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and it's, it's seems pretty effective because even you know you see when the when the Pentagon announced all that, uh, it I mean it was middle of COVID, sure, but they just really didn't make a big stink about things. Like nobody really seemed to to freak out the way it really was. So well, it's like we've talked about. We've been conditioned. Sure. By Hollywood with a, a, the CIA and Hollywood, and I shouldn't just say the CIA, it's the Army Intelligence, the DOD, everybody, they conditioned your generation, particularly mm-hmm. growing up, that aliens were probably real or that, you know, because they made all these, there weren't movies before the 50s, there weren't movies about aliens. Mm-mm. And it wasn't until the 50s when these fla- these saucers started to appear in these massive flaps like the one over D.C. where there's, you know, you see the White House and there's 15 glowing objects going across it. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody even talks about that. What the hell? There it is. You know, nobody <laughs> disputes that it's a real video or it Correct. was film at the time. But so my point is your generation particularly was raised. If you th- if someone told you, hey, aliens are real, you well, yeah, so what big deal? That's the thing. Yeah, now it's it's almost illogical to think that there's nothing out there. Right. You know, the universe is so big, while we may not have or maybe don't want to believe all the proof that does exist. Right. Uh, a lot of people will at least admit that, hey, here's the deal. I, I, I think it would be foolish to think that we're the only living organisms in the world. Yeah, but once you accept the... Department of Defense videos, the Tic Tac videos, mm-hmm. I mean, where do you go from there? If you're one of those people that just says, well, I think the universe is so big, they, you know, the chance that there's probably a life is, you know, pretty for certain, but you can't do away with those videos. There's an mm-hmm. unknown craft flying around. But I, I think that, that was the forethought. Now it's kind of just accepted. Right. Because it was such a, uh, like you said, it was a slow roll. So. Well, they thought, they being the powers that be, thought that if they disclosed it to the public, and people like who was Hillary Clinton, John Podesta, said his biggest regret when he left the White House was not disclosing the UFO stuff. Mm-hmm. But they thought back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, that if they released this information, the public would be terrified. It'd destroy society. Religion would collapse. That's why you've seen this slow roll. They've been disclosing mm-hmm. it. Remember the the Pope even said, uh, it was probably 
seven, eight years ago, the Pope said that there's probably extraterrestrial life and it was made by God. You know, in the Vatican... Getting ahead of the story. <laughs> well, yeah, I think they're just preparing everybody. They want us to be okay with it. Now, what we're going to talk about is some shit that's nobody should be okay with, which is what I want to get into. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we to close Pope doors? Francis uh, <laughs> says he would, uh, he would baptize aliens. Who are we to close doors? Yeah, and that's a newer one, but the one I was thinking about was before Francis, where he actually admitted that, not admitted, he just said there's likely extraterrestrial life, something like that. Well, and they would know. Oh, absolutely. They've been uh, the gatekeepers of knowledge for a very long time. You should look up the Vatican's. They've got some, like... uh, astronomy like super powerful telescopes and stuff the Some vatican of the biggest in the world yeah right the vatican's the been studying this forever now what's that all about mm-hmm. yeah well so the stories of alien abduction range you know tremendously i'll just highlight a few of them we we talked i know we talked on this show about travis walton yes and, and his story. You know, what started it all was Betty and Barney Hill. And there's really... Their story in itself, and, and I've seen numerous interviews with their, their niece, who is a... Uh, UFC fighter. No, not her. It's the one... Oh, that's or the granddaughter, one of the two. I think their granddaughter, okay. right. But her their niece, uh, Barney and Betty were her aunt and uncle. And she's the one that has kind of become known, carrying the legacy, because they're both dead. She got the dress out to get tested, you know, because her dress supposedly had stains on it. But, you know, they like she said, they never wanted this to go public. I can't remember exactly. So, Oh, God. And, and the tapes, you got to pull up the tape of their uh, hypnotic regression. Barney Hill, Barney Hill hypnotic regression, because, and see if we can play that audio. These are terrifying, what these people, so many people, not all of them, but many people do not remember. They have vague, hazy memories. They wake up being terrified. They have missing time. And, you know, I don't want to go into super detail because if you don't know, I mean, I'm assuming our audience knows this stuff. There's no reason to rehash all that. But so what happens is many people, they go under hypnotic regression. And it's funny, you were saying that my dad actually had hired a couple psychiatrists that yeah. are well-known in the UFO field. I talked to one of them. I think it's Ken Bernstein a while back. And then John Carpenter was the other one you said that was... Mentioned by right, Graham I Hancock. I heard Graham Hancock mention it, and uh, and so that led me. Yeah, to he the said whole Springfield, thing. I was Missouri. Like, hey, I was like, "Hey, uh, do you know anything about this?" He's like, "Sure enough, my dad hired those guys." You got to get Hancock. You know, he mentioned me in that article because I did the Giant Show. Yeah, he said uh, Jim and James Clary from Springfield, Missouri, and then he mentions John Carpenter from Springfield, Missouri. Shit, I don't know. Just today, she did an email. Hey, my you dad hired know. those guys. Yeah, and I As worked part with of this Jim. Whole thing, I we... never did hear back from Jim, by the way. Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, he'll get back to me. Uh, um, do you know if it's later or anything in this video? 
just pick a random spot. Oh. It's a 40-minute video. No. I couldn't find shorter ones here from 40 minutes. Oh, I'd go late. Let's just try it. Let's pick a random late spot and see what he says. This one gets loud right here. Most replayed, 942. Oh, no. Well, you get the gist of the gist of it. He was so upset. Very intense. Yeah, and there's some things that never came out in the story that I read later. Like they they made him ejaculate. Barney Hill. Yeah, of course he didn't want to talk about that. I mean, it was so shameful. You know, they uh, yeah they took his sperm, which so. The abduction experience, you brought up Graham Hancock believes it was some kind of psychedelic thing, and we don't have the total, Yeah, I don't you have haven't finished there. the book on that. But my, my point, take Travis Walton, for instance. Seven people saw the craft. Seven people saw him get sucked up into, or actually, they saw this bolt of light come down and hit him. They turned around and left and came back, and he was gone. He was gone for three days. They all took polygraph tests. He took, he's taken multiple polygraph tests. Uh, I mean, he was uh, beaten up. He'd lost 20 pounds, you know. I mean, th- there's physical evidence. Whitley Strieber, who wrote Communion, and if you, and any of our listeners that haven't read Communion, you need to read it. Read it on a night during the night when you're alone, and it will scare the living crap out of you. That book, the cover of it haunted me after reading it. It's it's what he, I believe, Whitley drew it. Um, what was it? Uh, communion, the cover of the book Communion, pull it up. Because it, it's just a picture of it, an E.T., but when you read his book and then look at that picture... It just freaked me out. I don't know why, man. It just, it was the, one of the first books that I read that really detailed uh, an alien abduction. And, you know, he's gotten kind of wacky a little bit. I mean, he believes they're like gentle star beings and, you know, he's written several books since then. But Whitley Strieber, one of his most talked about encounters was in his cabin in New York. And he was with his wife and another couple. And the thing about it is the other couple the next day remembered. He said, did anything strange happen? The other couple's like, yeah, those lights came down. What was going on? And we heard you scream. And I mean, there are multiple witnesses to this stuff. So the idea that this is some sort of mass hallucination or that it's night terrors just doesn't hold water. You know, John Mack, who is probably the, the, uh, the most well-known authority, John Mack was an American psychiatrist. He won a Pulitzer Prize, and he was a psychiatrist at Harvard Medical School. He was a teaching psychiatrist at Harvard, which, you know, I don't, I don't hold the Ivy League up on a pedestal like some people, but still you got to be pretty damn smart to be teaching at Harvard. So he was uh, contacted 
by someone, uh, Thomas Kuhn, and said, look, there's some people that I think they've had really traumatic experiences and they think they've been abducted by aliens. Would you interview him? So it started John on this path. And initially, of course, like anyone else, he thought that they were suffering from a psychotic episode. I mean, why wouldn't you? You're a psychiatrist. These people are claiming, you know, I woke up and I was terrified or I was taken on a ship. You know, I mean, people have very lifelike dreams and stuff. But he talks about, he, he did hundreds of these investigations. And he talks about the, there's several things that denote a real experience versus psychotic. And he became convinced these were real experiences. These people, whatever you believe, they believed that they had experience. It was these real experience. to them. Right, right. And there's a lot of physical evidence. Like I said, you know, there was a guy. Yeah. Um, so back to John Mack. Yeah. Uh, this is him on Oprah, I guess you had in, in the notes. Yeah, this, yeah, this is, this is Mack on Oprah, but he's, he brought one of his patients who was willing to talk about it. We can watch some of this. It's yeah, pretty let's, good. Let's yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Who has worked as a chef, as a hotel manager and as a therapist, says that he was first visited by aliens when he was eight years old. He continues to have encounters as an adult, and yes, he believes that beings from other planets have been intimate with him. So, despite the fact that they have been scared out of their minds, Peter and others we're gonna hear from today say that their lessons from the aliens have enriched their lives in ways that they would like to share with us. And that is what we're here to hear from you. You know, it's, you know how crazy it sounds. I said to you uh, as we started the show, this is really either pretty brave of you or it's one of the great publicity stunts of our time. Because to go on television and to admit that you have been abducted in a world where people don't even, uh, most people, I think, don't accept that as a part of reality or possible reality, uh, puts you in a pretty, um, a pretty good position to be ridiculed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so are you scared about that? Are you? Um, I used to be scared about it, but it's really important now to talk about it because mm -hmm. I realize there's lots of people out there like myself who a few years ago had these experiences and didn't know what to do with them. Yes. But what I'm what I want to hear from you or I'm trying to hear from you is whether or not you understand how crazy it sounds to us. Absolutely. Okay. I had to deal with my own craziness mm -hmm. and to think it was crazy for me to think this before I could talk to other people about it. So when it first happened to you, is it something that you absolutely um, were sure of or did it feel like a dream or did you what? I wasn't sure. I had a conscious memory. I knew something happened in the middle of the night that I couldn't explain that nowhere in my imagination could I have made this up. And I just sat with that for a long time. You say in, uh, or you were quoted in uh, Dr. Mack's book, I remember, as saying that you always did believe somehow in, the, in guardian angels, that as a child you thought they were just guardian angels, and that you always believed that you had some way of talking to God. That's what, I, as I remember the quote, that's not exactly the quote, but something like that. So do you remember when you were eight years old being abducted or when you were younger feeling this whatever? No, I had memories when I was an adult, um, three or four years ago. And then in regression is when I went back in time, saw myself as a child having the abductions from the time I was about eight years old. 
Okay. So more and more came out under regression. Okay, can you tell me what you remembered when you were regressed? Um, I remember um, a light hitting me in the forehead, um, aliens in my room, being lifted up into a spaceship. What they uh, look like? Um, they look like they did in the Close Encounters of the Third Kind? No. No? Similar, but not quite the same. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Okay. Um, I remember being lying on a table, uh, lying naked, having um, probes put around me, experiments done on me, looking in my eyes, my ears, So my this body. happened to you, what, in the middle of the day, or you... Uh... Um, they happen at nighttime. Okay, so when you're sleeping? Or they... not sleeping? What happened was, for me, the conscious memories that I had was, in the middle of the night, I woke up, very conscious, walked over to my living room, saw something in the room, felt the white light, felt the paralysis, and then I fell asleep. Several hours later, I woke up and had these intense emotions associated with the experience that just, I couldn't fathom. Like, uh -huh. why was I so scared? Why was I terrified? What was... You had a bad dream. That's what I thought. That's what I wanted to believe. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to believe for years. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what most people want to believe. Until... And why do you want to believe that? Because... Because I don't want to think I'm abducted by aliens. That was the last thing I wanted in my life. This sounds like a bad tabloid story. It, that's what it sounded like to me for a long time. Uh-huh. But Dr. Mack tape recorded several of his therapy sessions with Peter, including one where Peter was under hypnosis. And during these sessions, Peter recalled his meetings with the aliens. We have a tape made by a Canadian film crew that shows the very first time Peter ever heard himself under hypno hypnosis. So you will see Peter reaction listening to the tape you can hear peter's voice describing on the tape what the aliens did to him and you can see his reaction to hearing his own words it's about 42 seconds take a look you're locking me up okay i'm in my room in hawaii okay. and, and they lifted me up up there and I'm, terrified. i can't move and, and now we're going outside What was that like to hear it? What's it like to hear it now? Um, it's easier now because I've heard it so many times, mm -hmm. but it still brings up emotions. And that's what made me believe that something happened, because I couldn't deny my emotions. I heard your own father didn't believe you until he heard the tape. Now, that is sort of what we call one of those blood-curdling uh, screams. Mm -hmm. that's, you know? Well, it's not that my father didn't believe me, but it's just to hear the story, um, it's hard to fathom, it's hard to accept. But when he saw the tape and heard the emotions associated with it, he knew there was something there. And for myself, that's, I knew there was something real there. Dr. Mack, what does this all mean? What is all of this, you know, the book where you talk to hundreds of patients and describe in detail what they say they have experienced, you with your credentials coming from Harvard, um, what do you think this all means? Well, let me explain first why I concluded this is not psychiatric, why uh -huh. these people are not psychiatrically disturbed. Well, Because okay. I was concerned, when I first heard about this, I thought this must be madness. But when I heard that hundreds of thousands of people Why all over the country... Why not a publicity stunt? Why not just... Because these people, like Peter, you can't, I can't tell you how difficult it is to get people to go on television to talk about this. People are not interested in being before the public. They're very ashamed because they get ridiculed, humiliated about it. This is not something anybody does 
Uh, this is not a club anybody wants to belong to. This is not something people do because they want to be filmed or get on publicity. It's very difficult to get people to come forth uh -huh. and acknowledge they've had these experiences. Yes, and I've, heard, I've read interviews with people who have come forth years ago who wish that they hadn't at this point. Go ahead. So when I heard of it, hundreds of thousands of people all over the country from various polls, we know maybe even millions of people have had very similar experiences. They don't know each other. The details that they're describing were not in the media. They have nothing to gain by it. They feel ashamed about it. That's number one. When I also heard that this was occurring in children as young as two or three years old, that ruled out personality explanations. It's associated with UFOs independently observed by witnesses, by media, by neighbors. It's also so, associated with physical. I mean, that gives you a pretty good idea. I wanted it, I wanted it, that was a little long, but I we wanted to get to that part where Mac explained why these were not psych, mm -hmm. psychiatric yes. episodes. And also he mentions the children. Right. How this was a phenomenon among children as well. Yeah, which leads us to the Zimbabwe. Which sighting. is one of the craziest stories in the UFO lore. So just to set it up, there was a school in Zimbabwe and there were, it was during recess. I think the number was around 60 children were out and saw a craft, a shiny metal craft come down and literally saw aliens, little gray ETs come out and they've interviewed these kids as adult. Their stories have stayed consistent for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And it was some sort of telepathic Yes, they communicated with them. And sort of gave, it was, if I remember right, it was like they gave them, like, the history of, of the world or something like that. Like, they flashed, like, I don't stuff know. through their minds. I can't remember, but it was, it was, it was like, it wasn't speaking to them. It was implanting images in their well, head. Well, it very well could be, because that is a common report from abductees, that that the ETs, you know, show like future Earth and cataclysms and stuff like that. Now I don't remember that specifically, but let's we can't play this whole video, but let's play some of this. Skip ahead a little bit. But this is on. This is one of the. Uh, uh, she's now an adult, but one of the women who was there that day talking about that experience. To both of them were running. One was running in, in the trees. And the other one was running, running across the ship. Because mm -hmm. there were also trees here. That's, mm -hmm. The eyes were... were That's like John Mack, by the way. Younger John Mack. No, more circular. And this was all black. Now. All black. Now, you've it's made pupils. Did they actually have pupils or black? White. What? The pupils were white like that. And you saw white in the center? Yes, like that. Um, was he near the, uh, the silver object or was he far from? No, then top. On top of the silver object, okay. And um, did you look at him? Yes. Did he look at you? Yes, then he gave me the creeps, then I stopped Gave you the creeps. Actually, in your drawing, you showed him standing up, didn't you? Yes, I had to draw him standing up because I couldn't draw him sitting. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was maybe the, the world's gonna end, maybe they're telling us the world's gonna end. Um, why do you think they might want us to be scared? Because um, we, maybe because we never we don't look after the planet and the area properly. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me. This is. 
Is this an idea that uh, you have had before that we don't look after the planet properly in the air? Or did this idea come to you when you had this experience? When I had this experience. Mm -hmm. And how did that idea come to you from this experience? This is a little hard, but try, try to be with me here, okay? When you, how did this idea come to you when you had this experience? I just felt all horrible inside. You felt horrible. At what point did you feel that? When you saw the craft or at, when you got home at night? Or when I got home. You had that horrible feeling when you got home? Yes. And say more about that horrible feeling, Lisa. What was it like? It was like in the world, all the trees will just go down and and there will be no air and people will be dying. Mm -hmm. And wow. those... 62 kids. Yeah. <laughs> and and to this day, they maintain their story. Yeah. I saw a recent interview with them, with several of them, 12 of them. I mean, they're very mm -hmm. consistent. At, that's You brought up that point about the ETs implanting images right. about the future mm -hmm. in their head, which is another common theme that you hear in these abductions. You know, it, What's really weird is to try and figure out, and, you know, that's what I want to get into a little later, is what is their purpose? Are they benevolent? They, being the aliens, are they benevolent or malevolent? You know, are they, they, they bad or good? I mean, what are their intentions? And they may not be either. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was saying, look, they, they may be like doctors. You know, I mean, we think it's horrible to have our body prodded and all this stuff but think about what we do to monkeys or dogs in scientific labs it's very true and, and we assume it's humane according yeah. to our standards right yeah mm. and you know people some abductees have claimed when they screamed in pain that they were given some kind of pain reliever they waved something over and the pain went away betty hill said that yeah yeah when she had that big needle coming to stick in her navel ah <laughs> uh, yeah i know it's just something Look, there's definitely something here. You know, when you got guys like Mac and David Jacobs and John Carpenter, all these esteemed scientists who've studied it, there's definitely a phenomenon happening. You know, the Stan Romanek story is pretty amazing. You know, we've got the, I've got the, just a little clip, the alien in the window, but let's play that other one first. I think if you started about two minutes, because it kind of explains... When you see the alien in the window from Stan Romanek, you're going to think it's total fake. But the deal with, this was on ABC Primetime, which doesn't really do, they didn't do really flighty shows. We get context. YouTube gives us context for alien abduction. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, thanks, YouTube. But just start about two minutes. So this is uh, ABC Primetime. But remarkably, Stan says his first ever UFO sighting wasn't even in the dark, but in broad daylight while he was driving his car near Denver's Red Rocks Amphitheater. As I rolled down the window, it appeared to have noticed me at that point where it reorientated itself. That's his video, it by the way. shot up to about 1,000, oh, wow. maybe 2,000 yeah. feet in an instant. 
Stan says he began seeing UFOs all the time. He could barely look up without seeing some strange light or orb in the sky. Over the years, his wristwatch stopped working. Lights would flicker at his mere presence, and birds would crash into his car. If you're a true experiencer, a true abductee, you have what's called high strangeness. All these weird, bizarre, paranormal things start to happen, almost like your house is either being haunted or nobody really knows. Wow, that thing's weird. Hey, where'd it go? It's almost as if you're a storm chaser, like UFOs every couple weeks. I'd reverse that. It's almost like they're chasing me. But Stan says he witnessed even more paranormal phenomena. There was a UFO at his workplace. Orbs would follow him home at night. And ultimately, like a horror movie come true, Stan claims they came knocking at his door and woke him up in the middle of the night. You thought it was kids Yeah, I thought masks. it was, well, either kids or very small adults. They were almost a little bit too big to be kids, maybe teenagers. You thought it was robbery. Yeah, they were playing a joke or they were here to rob us. As I got closer, I started wondering if they were really masked because I could see the veins in their head. I could see their facial movements. I could see their mouth move. I could see their eyes blink. And I started to get frightened. So what happened? Unless you have this happen to you, it's kind of hard to explain, but suddenly a thought popped into my head. So you think they were communicating with you telepathically? I can't explain it any other way. I, I know what I experienced. Suddenly, Stan says his mind was filled telepathically with unexplained images. All of a sudden, bam, 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 images, thoughts, images. Kind of like and I was discussing earlier with the Zimbabwe children. Um, yeah. I had images of this horrible catastrophe, you know, winds so strong it's scouring the pavement off the earth, forests burning, devastation to the planet. So you were seeing scenes from an apocalypse? From some kind of apocalyptic thing. And when it was over, I'm going, when's this going to happen? When's this, is this going to happen? Is this really going to happen? Because I was pretty much in tears by this point. I was so terrified. You're convinced that the aliens were trying to send you a message. That's what this is all about. And yet, Stan, from somebody who's listening to your story, it sounds like just that. It sounds like something you made up. If you're a skeptic like I was, and trust me, I was in the same boat you were. It's like, you guys are crazy. But every time I think that something else happens to prove that, I'm not crazy. Is Stan crazy? Is he crazy? I don't believe he's crazy. He's absolutely seen something. Um, things have actually happened to him. I know that just from, from talking with him, from seeing some of the it, evidence. You know, the, one of the other things, he's had several friends and family that have witnessed these same things. And his wife has been uh, parlay to many of these experiences. And it goes, I mean, that you should watch this whole story. It's crazy. They get strange phone calls. They literally think they're talking to aliens in a little girl's voice, and they hear robotic-type voices. It's just nuts. But the, the craziest thing of all is the film that he caught, and it's called The Alien in the Window. It's one of the most controversial pieces of film ever captured. So this is Stan Romanek, the same guy who set up a camera and his window, his kitchen window, and you see this flash of light. I think we got it going here. Yeah, see the big flash of light. 
Now just watch the window. Hello. Look, watch, hey, the, buddy. watch the eyes. The glare? They, well, they blink. See that blink? But there's also a glare there. Right. Which means it's reflecting light. Mm-hmm. And then he dips down real fast. Bloop. And he comes back. We don't have to watch the whole thing. But, I mean, to me, when I first, I'm like, that's fake as you know what. Right? Yeah. I mean, it looks totally fake. But when you take his whole story and the fact that he's got all these videos that he's taken of these UFOs, he's got recordings of those phone calls. Oh, one of the images they put in his mind were these was uh, very complicated calculus math, physics. And he wrote it all down. And the guy had no training. He had hmm. no background in mathematics at all. And some people have looked at it and said, this is amazing. I mean, just... You know, and that this is a common thing. You know, you take the Rendlesham Forest incident where the on the army base in England and the where mm-hmm. the soldier touched mm-hmm. the craft and was given all the digital ones and zeros and it turned out it was an actual location, it was computer code. He remembered it and wrote it down in his notebook. So why are they doing this, James? Well, Stan Romanek and that young girl, I mean, they made the point that they're benevolent and that they're trying to prepare us for some coming catastrophe. Would you say that? I mean, that seems to be kind of the common thread is that they're, I don't know necessarily if it's warning or just telling us that it's, you know, we need to change. I, I, it's hard telling. I, I'm not sure. The thing is, I don't think we're being visited by one species. I think there's multiple species, and there's a lot of evidence of that. And I think they have multiple agendas. You know, there's a, a group of, they call them the insectoids. Ah, I saw... Insectoids. Insectoids. I just saw an interview with a woman. You know, she said, she said imagine a walking stick eight foot tall. And that's, she drew a picture of this, what it looked like a praying mant. They often call praying mantis yeah. people. And these have been, these have been reported. I mean, hundreds of people have reported seeing that. There's one guy who was fishing in the middle of the day and looked down the river and there's a praying mantis, six foot praying mantis guy standing there. And he wet his pants. Brother testified. <laughs> I came back. He wet his pants. I mean, something happened to the dude. He was terrified. What would you do? I'd wet my damn pants, too. Oh, we'd be screwed if, if but, mantises were. But these insectoids, apparently, they perform experiments, medical experiments, and let the people go. Then there's the case of the Pasagula, the very famous case where the two fishermen... Uh, Pasagula, Mississippi, Calvin Parker and Charles Hickson, they were fishing and they, and it was just dusk. So it was at night and they see this bright light and it comes down. Let's see if you can find a picture of, uh, picture of that. (laughs) Pasagula, you never spell it. I I was wondering. P-A-S-C-A-G-O-U-L-A. Pasagula alien picture because they drew a picture, but here's the craziest part. So they get abducted right there off the fishing pier, right? They go to the sheriff. Yeah, there's a picture on the left of what they say they looked like. Yes. 
And these things, according to them, let up this buzzy noise. And they floated and they picked them up and floated the guys, anti-gravity, into the craft. Now, here's where the story, you think, okay, these guys are nuts. So they go to the sheriff. The sheriff thinks the same thing. You know, boys, you've been drinking, you know. So the sheriff leaves them in this room. And unbeknownst to them, there was a recording, a tape recorder going on. And these guys are going, God, I don't think they believe us. He says, what are we going to do? I'm still scared to death. It was the most terrifying. I mean, they confirm all the details when they were being recorded, they didn't know they were being recorded. And the sheriff came out and said, I'm convinced that at least they believe this happened to them. So you saw that picture. That looks unlike any kind of E.T. It looks like those old Scooby-Doo submarine. I know. I mean, it's almost goes. comical. Yeah. Weird, it, though. But. It's almost comical. There's a sergeant. I can't remember his name. But he was claims that he was in the Army and he was in the secret program that actually retrieved crash retrieval program. He claimed there were 57 known types of aliens that have been visiting for some of them for thousands of years, some of them for just tens of years. Hmm. 57. He said some were so terrifying. He said there was one that was shapeless and formless. It was almost like pure energy. But it was so terrifying, it literally drove the soldiers insane. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it just, stuff goes on and on. So, the fact of why they're here is, I think they're here for a number of different reasons. But I think one of the most frightening reasons, and I put a link on that thing for you down at the bottom under David Jacobs. David Jacobs, in my opinion... He is he and Bud Hopkins worked together, and Bud Hopkins was one of the earliest gentlemen who researchers who used the regressive hypnosis. Well, Jacobs has written three or four books, and if you read his books and listen to what he says, it's kind of frightening because Jacob. Jacob's claims, and as does Timothy Good, which we'll talk about him a little bit, but they claim there's a hybridization program that's been going on. And we know Barney Hill was made to ejaculate. They collected sperm. Many, many hundreds, maybe thousands of witnesses have said they took my eggs. They've taken my ovaries. It's a lot of reproductive. Yeah, well, work. women have been pregnant. Their doctors have confirmed this. They were pregnant. They went back for a visit three weeks later, and the pregnancy was gone, but they never miscarried. It just disappeared from the Disappeared. Body. Then there's dozens, if not hundreds, of witnesses who claim they have been shown their hybrid child, men and women. Interesting. And the hybridization program, but, uh, Jacobs wrote a book called Aliens Walk Among Us. And he has 1,100 documented abductions. But in his research, he's come to the conclusion that the aliens are indeed populating our planet as we speak with these hybrids. Timothy Good, I, I should have pulled it up, but Timothy Good, who is a very well-known researcher, but listen to this guy. 
Timothy Good was a member of the Royal Canadian Military Institute, Royal Geographical Society, Royal Naval Air Reserve Branch, the House of Lords. Tell me this guy's not a spook. You know what I mean? He, yeah, that's it. He is was a member. He's a UFO authority. Yeah, dude, he's a spook. <laughs> and he's claimed, he goes, well, I have very high intelligence sources. And he says... And his sources have told him that there is a hybridization program. And the, the uh, journalist asked him, so are you telling me that right now today on Earth there are hybrids walking out in the open? He said, absolutely. Really? Well, <laughs> I've seen really? some weirdos. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise you. Well, you know the whole paranormal thing. I thought that was interesting what Romanek brought up about Paranormal it makes me wonder about hauntings and. Be, yeah, if it's just all almost all connected. Have you heard the term realm. high strangeness before? Hi, that was I, I. That was okay. the first time I've heard. High that. strangeness is a term. It's a blanket term for paranormal events. Uh, Linda Moulton Howe wrote a great book called High Strangeness. Of there's just all these just bizarre things. I mean from. Shadow people to, you know, I was watching a, a, a recent documentary about uh, one of the earliest UFO researchers who was told, this was in the late 50s, was told to stop his work, and he didn't. He kept going. And three seven-foot black shadow beans appeared in his uh, New York loft. I mean, you say it's crazy, but I mean, there's there's video of shadow beings. I but you know, there's a lot of them. Yeah, and of <laughs> dark beings. I mean, you can look look on the internet. You'll see. I mean, yeah, some people could fake it, I guess. But is it all fake? I find that hard to believe. We know UFOs exist. We've already determined that. Pretty damn sure that. Uh, you do shadow beings like captured on video. We're pretty sure that these abductions exist. So high strangeness might be all driven by aliens. I mean, then again, the two most premier ufologists ever, the one who uh, uh, actually was the consultant for... Uh, not for E.T., uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Sorry, I couldn't think of it for a second. Claimed at the end of his life, and the French researcher both said, I think these are demonic. Hmm. There's been a lot written about that people think the whole alien, the whole alien thing, and abductions and all of it is somehow demonic. So, I mean, I don't know. Is it spiritual? We know that these things can bleep out of existence. Now, whether they're using just cloaking, we don't know. I mean, even in the famous Tic Tac incident, they talked about how it just disappeared. It'd be there one second and then gone. Is that a video of a shadow being? Oh, I've seen this one. Pretty good. There's a... Let's watch this. I mean, a lower left-hand corner. Yeah, there it is. Looks pretty demonic. 
Well, it's just weird. I've seen it goes even through weirder. the door through the window. Wow. Right. I mean, we, we get into all the 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 quote unquote ghosts. I don't know what the hell they are, but there's there are so many videos of that stuff now with security cameras and everything. There's a, I mean, there's thousands. There's a show called Paranormal Caught on Camera, which I actually love. It's just videos that people have caught mainly on security cams, but some on cell phones. You know, it's here's what's odd to me that mainstream science completely ignores this shit. Now, remember how they used to, they would even engage in debate about aliens, about ghosts, about the paranormal. They won't even engage in debate. They completely ignore it. There's so much evidence that something's going on. They don't, you know... They don't even debate guys like Michael Shermer. You don't hear him talking about it. Actually, Shermer did. He claimed on Rogan that he had his own paranormal experience. Oh, really? Yeah. Who was he? Was a Michael Shermer was a major debunker. You he's know? like a professional skeptic. Yeah, professional skeptic. Yeah. And then he had a paranormal experience. Mm-hmm. I think if you polled the public, I think it's something like 60% of the public have said they've had some kind of paranormal experience. I mean, I have. Sure. Down at the Landers. Yeah. My ex-wife saw something. She thinks it was an angel. I don't know. My son saw it, too. It was in the room with her. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. That's I mean, witnesses. It, 70% of the people think they've had some kind of thing. So, you know, bottom line is, I don't know why the aliens are here, but they are here. And if they are doing a hybridization program, the government knows about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what if they're going to release that to the people? I mean, how, you know, we, we, we established at the start of this that we believe that they're in the middle of what we call soft disclosure, which their disclosure is when the government tells us everything they know about this stuff. Well, their soft disclosure is when they gradually leak it out, which is what we think they've been doing for a long time. But, man, I mean, you go to that point where, yeah, they've actually got a breeding program going, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, we're in trouble. Yeah. All right, Will. Uh, we'll leave you with this video. Okay. Seems like a good way to sign out for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. This is David Jacobs talking about a uh, hybridization program. UFO investigators have failed to find a rational explanation for Matt Reed's memory loss. We now have no good explanation to take to these two guys about what happened to them. Or his puncture marks. The holes that were found in his chest, what do you think about that? What I saw was evidence of something like a scalpel. What we possibly may have here is a case of alien harvesting. Now, Daryl believes the marks found on both brothers after their alleged abductions could have been caused by alien harvesting. Now, harvesting is a term that implies, you know, you're, like when you say harvesting, I think of somebody's harvesting my kidney. You know, you wake up in an ice bath. What are we talking about here in the history of, of ufology? Harvesting is when the alien takes parts or pieces of skin. Sometimes it's blood, sometimes it's a scoop mark. So they're taking, what, human body parts, tissue samples? Is that what's going on? They are doing at least that. Some people suggest that there's an involvement of some type of genetic manipulation. On the whole, what this means is that ETs are carrying out certain procedures on human beings to evaluate things. If the Reeds were victims of alien harvesting, Stephen wants to know more about the phenomenon. 
and what implications it has on abduction cases in Indiana and elsewhere. I'm more and more convinced that there's ET harvesting connected with these cases. I have a contact called Timothy Good, and he's an expert in this field. I believe by talking to him, he's going to be able to shed some light on what this is all about and explain why ETs are taking blood and tissue from human beings. So this new case that you've been investigating, is this the one where the young lady was cured of cancer? Yes, absolutely. Author Timothy Good has been investigating cases of abduction and alien harvesting for over 50 years, interviewing hundreds of eyewitnesses, as well as being leaked top-secret government information. Now, Tim, the case that we're currently working on, two brothers, the Reed brothers, that have had missing time, puncture marks, tissue taken. Do you know of any other cases that are similar? Well, there's a, a case in 2002 involving Chris Augustin, who claims to have had missing time, strange marks, for example. He woke up with a triangular-shaped bruise, as you can see here. And there was also a series of puncture marks in a line here, which are interesting. Just like the Reed case. Those sort of marks, is that pretty typical of what contact experiencers have on their body after an event? Certainly involving abductions. There have been many cases of triangular marks, circular marks, and other types of strange marks which are inexplicable. What other cases do you have that fit this? There's a famous case from 1957, Antonio Villas-Boas who was abducted, taken on board a craft. Puncture marks were also found on him, where they had perhaps taken blood samples from him, according to this doctor here. So this is his doctor examining him after the event? There were actually two doctors who examined him in Brazil, and one of them was a friend of mine, a colleague, and uh, he was absolutely convinced this was a genuine case. With regards to all these cases, especially the Reed case, why is this tissue being taken? I would think something to do with DNA because I have been reliably informed by a Washington source that there is a hybridization program in process. A group of aliens plan to produce hybrids, combination of human beings and their own beings. If what I've learned is true, there is an intention on the part of these hybridizing species to take over the planet. Wow. So this hybrid program that's going on, where is it going on? Because I can't see it. There are huge underground bases under our oceans and uh, underground in, in various, various countries. Do you think it's because this, this race of aliens can't live on this planet? That's what I have been told in Washington. The aliens have apparently created a hybridized species so that they can survive much better on the surface of this planet than hunkered down in their, in their alien bases. So, Tim, is it possible that there are hybrids walking down the streets of this town today? Definitely. Do you think this hybrid program could possibly have benefits for the human race? Could this be the next stage in our evolution? Goodness knows what that could mean. Are we going to have thousands of, of aliens uh, in trying to be in charge of our planet? I don't know. Who knows about it? Does my prime minister know about it? Does the American president know about it? 
if there was one prime minister, I would say Margaret Thatcher, because she got to know Reagan very well, and Reagan himself had been briefed on the alien situation, and, and I'm quite sure that uh, he would have discussed it with, with Margaret Thatcher. There's no question that uh, a number of people have been very, very well informed. Why do you think certain parties would want to keep this secret? Because it's too shocking. What's shocking about it? What, the fact that there's a race of beings trying to take over this planet? Yeah. I think a lot of people would find that quite disturbing. After speaking with Timothy Good, I realised the experiences of the Reed brothers is not exclusive to them. They are being harvested for DNA, for blood, for tissue, and that is happening to thousands of people all around the world. The ETs are taking this stuff and creating hybrid programs in bases underneath the ground, underneath the water. The scariest thing for me is that People in our governments know about this. This goes right to the top. He said, Tim Good said that Maggie Thatcher knew about this, Ronald Reagan knew about this, and who knows about it?